Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Thanks for joining the conversation with us this week. My name is Jeff Stroman. I want to introduce everybody around the table tonight with a conversation. We got my great partner in Hope, DW. How you doing, man? Good. Good to be with you. Anything new up there? Uh, we're just getting really excited about um, the groups that come throughout the winter months and even planning for summer. Looking forward to sharing God's word with young people and making it live because so many times they think it's a dry, boring thing and relationship with God is anything but. So we're looking forward to it and we keep working on, on ways that we can communicate well through the summer camping and Nicolay Bible Institute and, and some of the other stuff we're doing here. So we're excited. Hope Net 360, getting all excited about what's going to happen in the year to come and uh, seeing God use this in the lives of people and churches and youth groups. So very positive time in life. Yeah, I can't believe it. This week is the new year already. It just seems like 2014 was here and and now it's like it's gone. It's crazy. You must be getting old. Uh, I I am. Yeah, you know why it seems, I think. You know why it seems like it gets faster? I have my own little Einstein theory here about right. things. Here it comes. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, as when you're when you're 5 years old, uh, 1 year is a fifth of your life, so it seems like forever. Hmm. Now that I'm pushing 60, one year is a 60th of my life. And and so it's just real fast. The guys that are 70 or 80 you get to be 100 years old. It's a hundredth of your life, which is really small slice. So I think just perspective-wise, it changes as you get older. Because I've never heard someone that gets older saying, boy, that was a long year. You know, I mean, <laughs> you just don't hear that. You hear the opposite. Yeah. And uh, really, it goes by quickly. Everybody who has ever lived, you know, 200 years ago when they were alive, they're all dead. And and they all were sitting one time doing their doing their thing, thinking how cool life was, and now they're not here anymore. So uh, life does go very quickly, and uh, and then it's over this physical life. Yeah. And that's what we talk about here. We give people hope for this life, for meaning, and, and so I'm excited to keep uh, trucking on here and giving people um, a reason uh, for um, uh, enjoying what God has given them now, but looking forward to what He has for them in the future. Yeah, joining us in the conversation as well, we got Jason. Yeah, it's great to be back. It's always a fun time hanging out with you guys on the show and talking about a bunch of stuff. I'm excited for the new year. Just finished Christmas, which was a lot of fun with family and the the time of year. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, but it's just a time of kind of reassessing where you're at in life and, and setting goals for the future. And it's just a fun time to even, you know, we talk about hope. And it's it's really a time to really focus on the hope that we have. Um, and how that impacts our life and what we're going to do with our life. So, uh, yeah, it's good. Also, Mike Ott is back with us this week. How was your Christmas, man? Christmas was great. We spent it down in St. Louis. So I uh, enjoyed time with family and time away. So it was great. Awesome. And you're looking forward to the next year? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next year. Got plenty of uh, ideas that I haven't done before. Looking to uh, put them into youth ministry, put them into play, see what happens this year. Should be an exciting year. That's the first positive thing I've heard on St. Louis in a long time, so that's good. Huh. Mike is the youth pastor of a Graceway Church in Green Bay. We've got some links on our website where you can find more information about his youth ministry and a little bit about him. So check that out at hopenet360.com. It's the last show of this year, guys. This is this is actually it's exciting. In some ways, it's a little bittersweet because it opens the door for a new year. So we thank you guys for being a part of it. Join the conversation. The last tweet back of this year right now. Go to hopenet360.com slash tweet back. And you can be a part of the conversation on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV if that's easier. That's HNRTB. And you can be a part of the tweet back. Every show is available on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and the new Stitcher Radio app. So check that out as well. Information is at hopenet360.com. Looking back, I think every one of us looks back on this year and says, wow, this was, you know, this was a good year. Good things happened this year. 
And then there are some things that we look back and we think, wow, I could have probably done that better. I wish I would have done that better this year. And so hopefully tonight in our conversation, you guys are pulling away some things that you can improve on in the next year and things that you can kind of celebrate along the way. And last week we were talking about some things that tend to be hangups around the Christmas time. You know, things that we do, whether we realize it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not. Um, And so if you missed that show, make sure to go and grab it. But tonight we're going to kind of talk about some of these things that will help us move from maybe a state of selfishness and pride and things that hold us back in our relationships, not just with people, but with God, and to be able to press through. What in the world? Why do we use the term bittersweet? I mean, what is that? I think it comes from a flavor, doesn't it? I I would say so. I mean, oftentimes we use it when we refer to chocolate like it's bitter but sweet. You know, some people really like it. No, I don't know. It's either sweet or bitter to me. I I mean, what is this bittersweet stuff? It's because you're literal. That could be. (laughs) So, So can life be bittersweet? I think so. I actually, yeah. I actually experienced a bittersweet moment in my life. It was actually when I was finishing up in Northern Ireland, finishing up the ministry I had there, but I was coming here to Silver Birch Ranch. And so the bitter part about it was I was leaving the people that I cared about a lot in Northern Ireland, but I wasn't leaving on bad terms. Mm. Um, but God had something new for me, and I was excited for the future. And that was the sweet part about it is that the new opportunity was that I was able to partner with something that was new and fresh and exciting. And so in life, I think that's what we mean when it's bittersweet. There's, there's things that may be sad, but then there's ex- things that excite us and, and help us look forward to the future. Yeah. You know, that probably fits what we've talked about before, that a lot of times we misdefine what joy is. We actually say that, that happiness or joy comes from the absence of pain. And it doesn't. You can be in pain and be joyful. And uh, and so if we misdefine it, we're in trouble. So maybe that's what bittersweet is. I mean, it's kind of like there are times where it's, you know, it's a little tough, but it's also very sweet. And I think uh, we can look at life that way a little bit. Sorry to do deviate, but, you know, you say these words and my head spins saying, what in the world is that all about? <laughs> yeah. Second uh, Timothy 3, uh, you know, it says this, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self and lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. That verse is incredible. It starts off giving us some definitions. And I love just how it says, understand this. There are things in life, whether you'd like to acknowledge them or not, they are. You know, you could say, well, I, I just don't know that I want to believe uh, the moon wrote, you know, it does the, the moon is the moon. It does certain things, whether you agree with it, whether you like it. When you hear this phrase, but understand this, this is just the way it is. Mm. In the last days, in, in the days uh, before God really reconciles the whole world to himself, it's going to be tough on earth. And why is it going to be tough? It gives us a list of the things that make it tough. Yeah. People will be lovers of self. That, that's the, the, that is like the foundation to all problems. When I, have you ever heard somebody say, boy, uh, as a school teacher, I used to hear, boy, this school would be great if we didn't have children in it, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or ministry. This, this ministry would be great if people would just leave. Right. You know, I mean, what are we saying? We're saying <laughs> so if true. it was just all about me, I, you know, I would love to go to a, a downhill ski area and have everybody else stay home. I don't want to wait in lines to go down a ski hill. What am I doing? I'm saying, I really wish this whole universe revolved around me somehow. And when you look at the list of things in this verse, that's exactly what's being talked about. We don't define it well. I mean, we might say, well, I'm not self-centered. You know, I'm really not somebody who's a lover of self. Well, we'll look at this list, and I bet you that you are, because that's one of the things that we all struggle with, that Dave Wager struggles with, that, that each of us struggle with, is being a lover of self. And, and, and those who would say, no, that's not me, you need to read the list, because if one of these apply, they all apply, mm-hmm. as far as being lovers of self. And, and so I, I think what we need to do is start looking at how we adjust our lives so that we don't fall into the pattern of destruction that is so easily fallen into by those who do not know God and do not listen to him. You know, this is a crazy time of year, and I think today 
is maybe one of those days you're kind of wrapping up all the Christmas things. I don't know if there's anything, if you've got some events left for Christmas, but this is kind of that down weekend. You know, once you get through all the holiday stuff, the hustle, the bustle, I mean, you're done with the shopping, the crazy malls and probably had some returns and stuff the day after Christmas. But, you know, now it's one of those times when you can actually sit down and reflect on it. Tonight, we're going to look at our lives and we're kind of looking at the year a little bit. And if you've got a thought, if you've got something to share with us, jump on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're having a crazy fun time here on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you're on Twitter, or you can go to hopenet360.com slash Tweetback and just log in with your Twitter account. Be a part of the Tweetback. Uh, Dave, I heard you got a really awesome gift for Christmas, something about a selfie stick. No, come on now. I don't even know what a selfie is, much less a selfie stick. Don't deny it. You, you like the selfie stick. Okay. You know what? The selfie stick. Explain Explain to me, Jason, how somebody uses the selfie stick. What? What is the benefit of the selfie stick? Well, let me just clarify. I'm not speaking out of experience. <laughs> oh, I bet you are, but go ahead. But from my understanding... <laughs> You attach your phone. Now, this is a story about somebody else. You're, yeah, somebody yeah. else, hypothetically yeah, speaking. Yeah, hypothetically speaking. You hypothetically attach your phone to the end of the stick, which has a button at the handheld <laughs> side so you can snap the picture. You proceed to extend your hand and the selfie, selfie stick out in front of you while you so graciously pose for your wow. perfect moment of you yourself know, this sounds like to get the right angle. This sounds like something a must-have kind of thing. Oh, it, it's trending, baby. Yeah. It's going. Yeah. Now, you carry it around. You have, like, selfie stick pockets in your pants and that kind of stuff because you got you got to take it on the bus if you're in the city. you got to take it in your car. <laughs> can, can you use it in the car? Is that legal? Uh, it's it's a gray area. It's a gray area? <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't made laws yet about it? Yeah. It's, it's too new for them to make a law about it. You know what they should do is mount a selfie stick on the hood ornament. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dave. That way you can, you know, you can hit a button on the inside, take pictures as you drive. I don't know if they make hood I was going to say, they don't have hood ornaments on cars anymore. I think you, I think you <laughs> just right, made right. yourself. We're, we're, we're back to hood ornaments. It, it'll be selfie stick hood, hood ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you one of those for your birthday. Yeah, thank you. It would be something used a lot, I'm sure. I, I, I love taking pictures of myself. Yeah. Hey, if you got a selfie stick for Christmas, make sure you take a picture and send it to us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to see one of those in action because we're thinking about, I don't know, possibly surprising Dave because he's looking for one. Yeah, that's boring. That's boring. I, what we need are little hovercrafts with cameras on them so we can get good yeah, angles. Yeah, we do. I mean, I, I, want this, I want this thing. What you really need is, a, is a, one of those little drones. That go ahead with a camera on it, and you have a little thing on you where it follows you around and keeps taking pictures all day. So you can, at the end of the day, you can evaluate the best angles you had all day long and send them to all your friends. You're getting too excited. Yeah. I don't know if you have a good angle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, that's what we were talking about, though. In, in the last segment, if you were listening, we were talking about Second Timothy 3.1, where people become lovers of self. And then there was a list of things that really helped us understand what that mm-hmm. meant, so we, we defined it right. And, and basically it said he, he, people would be lovers of self, and then it said lovers of money. Hmm. What, what does a lover of money do? I think they let money control them. Yep. Yeah. You, you know, everybody lets something control them, if you think mm-hmm. about it. So today, people let something control them. Is it uh, money or is it pleasure or is it uh, fame or is it, you know, just wanting people to like them? Whatever it mm-hmm. is. But, but we let something control us. And then it becomes something where if, if something feels really good, like uh, going out and spending a lot of money on yourself, you, you begin to love the thing mm-hmm. instead of the people. Yeah. That's weird. God didn't make us to love things. And anyone who loves things is going to have problems. If right now times are difficult for you, if you're listening and times are difficult for you, one of the most important things you can do is try and have an honest evaluation of why. And, and you may have to get away from the people you hang around with the most to do that because we tend to hang around people who see things and hear things and do things the way we do them. 
and, and we look at through our own filters and we become people who judge everything in a, in a way. Do you guys see that in your life where, where you tend to just hang around with people who don't challenge what you think and believe? Or do you find that not to be a true statement? Yeah, I think that's very true. As you watch people and watch how they interact with other people, usually they surround themselves with people that the like-mindedness because that's our natural tendency is not to want to step outside of our comfort zone. And not to be challenged. So how do we know truth? And how do we know if we have an issue or a problem if we don't have somebody in our life that can look at it from a different angle and tell us what they see? Uh, I mean, is that, uh, is that something that you overtly do? You go out and say, I, I want to have people in my inner circle who see things differently than me. Is that something we, we actively work on? I think it's something that you would have to be intentional about, but we don't necessarily do because it takes that intentionality to put those people in our lives that can point those things out and help us to see what maybe we don't see. Right. Who, who would those people be? Like your life, Jason. Yeah. What, if you were looking for somebody to help you see things honestly, what would you be looking for? Like in the person? Yeah. I would look for somebody that, um, that is of the same mindset in the sense of like they're, they're in the word. They're, they're loving Jesus. Okay. So, so somebody who obviously walks with God, loves yeah, God, absolutely. knows God. That's one thing. What, what else? Somebody that can be brutally honest with me. All right. You know. And how do you know that? How do you know if they'll be brutally honest? I think you could tell as you meet people, like, who, who's straightforward and genuine. You mean you can tell if somebody's buttering you up? Absolutely. Yeah. I, really, all of us in our mind, when somebody always says what we want them to say, we, we begin to discount them. Like, if we want an opinion... Uh, for example, food service here at Silver Birch Ranch. There isn't a food except for peeps that was ever created that I don't love. I mean, I could go eat anything, and I will always compliment whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Years ago, the cooks quit asking me. <laughs> you know, why? Because they learned. This guy likes everything. Yeah. So you've got to ask somebody who, who really is more finicky on eating mm-hmm. than him. And, and eventually, I think people are like that. If you came in to me all the time, Jason, and said you always complimented, you always... Eventually, I could care less what you say because you're, you're in this certain mode where I can't trust what you say and you don't challenge anymore. So you look yeah. for somebody that will challenge you. Mm-hmm. you know, it's our nature as a human to want to be comfortable for some reason. Like we get it in our, in our mind, maybe at a young age, that our, our whole existence is to be comfortable. And this verse talks about the lovers of pleasure, you know, wanting to be comfortable, to stay at peace and harmony. And we think that it's all warm and fuzzy. But answering your question, you know, the fruit of the spirit would be people that those are things that I want to want people around me to exhibit. And one of those is self-control. And I think that's where you're kind of getting at where it's a little bit that might be the challenging thing. I don't want to hang around people that are argumentative. I don't want to hang around people that are constantly belittling or you know criticizing. But I do want people that will help sharpen me. So. Maybe there's a difference. Is there a difference between those two things? There's a huge difference between being with somebody who wants to be right and somebody who wants to understand what right is. You know, there's a huge difference. I could try and and just out of my pride and arrogance, try and sway your opinion because I want to feel like I know what I'm talking about. I could also be somebody who tries to figure out what right is Mm -hmm. just because of the sake that I love you and I love God and I love my family and I want to live right. Somebody came to me once and said, well, you just want to be right. And I looked at him and I said, so what's wrong with that? <laughs> I mean, I do want to be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to be right in life. I, I, it's not like I go every day and say, boy, I hope I can believe bad things today and things that are wrong. I mean, you don't do that. But, but I know what they were saying. It's like, no, you just want to be right with your opinion. That's different than wanting to be right. Mm-hmm. Those who just want to be right with their opinion... They live in a deluded world. They can surround themselves with people that think like them. They can surround themselves with people that talk like them. But they never will allow somebody in their lives who will challenge them. Mm. You look at most boards of, of companies, nonprofits, etc., and most of the personalities are the same, and they don't challenge each other eventually. And, and, and what you should do is actually have a great variable of influence of people who love God and have different personalities. And, and every person, and I've said this so many times, but that you should have somebody in your life that is older than you, that, that actually loves you. They've been through the seasons of life you're in, and you should meet with them regularly and talk about life and just talk. Because they will challenge you because they're in a different season of life. They've already been through that. And, and it's not that you should take it personally. You should evaluate it. So I, I want to encourage our listeners, you know, if you're going to take 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 seriously, you really need to talk about it with somebody 
uh, that is probably older than you who loves God that will be honest with you and really work through it because these issues uh, in your life will cause the difficulty of life. Mm. Um, and if you want to solve it, you got to go to the cause. That's exactly it. And this first adjustment. So if you want to adjust how you live in 2015, we really want to know what reality is. We've got to start with God. In the beginning, God. And secondly, we've got to really address, we've, we've done such a great job here in America that we have to now have these shows called reality TV shows because apparently what we've been watching for many years hasn't been reality. So we've done a great job entertaining ourselves, living in a fantasy world. We're going to talk more about this when we come back here on the show. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Jason, Mike here on the Tweetback and on the show with you tonight. Jump on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And you can connect with us anytime. Share your thoughts. Share your ideas. Maybe share what you got for Christmas. Or if you listened to the show last week, I'd love to hear if you tried something different this Christmas. Guys, like I said, going in the break, America has done a great job at entertainment, movies, whatever you want to call them. And now we have, you know, the age of Netflix and Hulu and we can watch any show and we don't have to actually live in reality. We've created this fantasy world. Weren't those those, those young girls from uh, Wisconsin? They're in trouble because they stabbed their girlfriend like many times because they believed that they oh, were pleasing yeah. some guy in the National Forest or something. Yeah. yeah I mean, do yeah, you remember that? Yep. You, you know, as they're stabbing that, that girl, they're, they're believing something that is not true. It's something that's not true is reality to them. Yeah. And, man, I'm really concerned. You guys are younger than I am. But, but my, my major concern for your age group is that you have immersed yourself so much in fantasy that reality is difficult to perceive. Am I right or is, am I off my rocker as an old guy? No, I think you're absolutely right, Dave. I mean, even if you look at media nowadays, everything is, is so focused on living this alternative reality for ourselves. You know, so a lot of us watch movies, watch TV shows, all of that to kind of check out and enjoy something that we don't have by living that through whoever the character is on the other end, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And it helps us to take away the issues that we're trying to deal with. And it then comforts us because we don't have to deal with them as much. Yeah. For, for example, you guys ever see that? I've seen it, I think, once or twice, the uh, tryouts for American Idol. You ever mm-hmm. seen any of those? Mm-hmm. Yep. Who in the world? I mean, when I listen to that, I, and like I said, it's not much, so maybe it's not common, so maybe I'm all off here. But some of those people can't sing. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking... Why didn't somebody tell them before they got on television that they couldn't sing? Where's the reality here? You know, and, and the truth of the matter is they got people surrounding them going, oh, man, you're good. You're good. And you're sitting there thinking, are you living in this weird dream world? That's why they have to have judges and, and go before them so, so they can bounce into reality. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, God helps us get there. I mean, the truth of the matter is one day every, pe- every person will stand before Almighty God. And we will be facing reality. So we might as well look into it now. Mike, your wheels are turning, man. A couple thoughts. One, uh, fantasy TV shows and stuff. For a long time, it was hard for me to watch because I saw it as watching somebody else live their life while I could be living my own. I could be doing mm-hmm. something useful, uh, reading a book, going out, play basketball, something like that. And so for me, those shows a lot of times were something I didn't jump into. But then, you know, after time, you start getting into them and you start getting invested and you start getting to know those people. And it's almost like you build a relationship with the person that's going through whatever challenges the reality show has for them. And mm-hmm. so in a way, you start living, you know, a fantasy a world with them. And uh, I see a lot of different things. I was thinking, uh, you know, along the sports realm a little bit, a lot of times people that are young teenagers, they want to be an NFL player. I wanted to be an NBA player. Uh, my mom was 5'2". My dad was 5'8". Uh, I didn't have a chance to grow. So I prayed a lot uh, during my middle school years and ended up growing <laughs> to be six foot, which is still too wow. short for the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are a few <laughs> NBA players that are uh, Can you dunk shorter it? than six. Like- I cannot dunk. I can only hit the side of the rim. Yeah, uh, well, that's so. cool. I can't either. I'm six foot two. So. Uh, 
I was thinking like John Stockton or something. Uh, as a kid, John Stockton was my favorite basketball player. He was there six you go. one. Yeah. So I figured if he can make it, I could. Yeah. Uh, I never made it. Uh, but a lot of times we think about it and we think, hey, if we get into the NFL, we get into the NBA, whatever it might be, you know, we'll buy our families a house, we'll do this. And then, like, I was reading, I don't have the statistics on me, but I was reading after an NFL player, an NBA uh, player, within a couple years, a lot of them are bankrupt. Here's this, they earned all this money, they did their dream, they're, they're well-known. They get to the end, and they thought they'd be taking care of the rest of their life, and because of their life choices during the time they actually play, they don't have anything left over at the end. And to me, that really struck me, because a lot of times, I got a lot of teenagers that are looking up to a lot of these people, and they're like, man, if I can just do what they can, I'll mm-hmm. be taking care of the rest of my life. And then reality sits, you know, sinks in for some of these great athletes who just had the wrong people maybe investing in them. Maybe somebody didn't teach them how to manage their money. Maybe some people decided to do some wrong choices. And then fantasy of living the life turned into reality, and a lot of these guys are in debt. And you don't hear that a lot of times when you think about that and challenging teenagers that you need to learn. You need to pe- put people in your boat that are better than you. Mm. And that's one of the things for me. Uh, I always look, if I'm weak in an area, I'll go find somebody that's 10 times better. I'll put them in my boat to make my life better. So Yeah, and I think the reality is that we're surrounded by people who are sinners. We're living in a sinful world, and we are sinners. And that in itself has consequences. You talk about the bankrupt. There are people who will take advantage of pro athletes mm-hmm. because they have the money. And because, again, going back to this Second Timothy passage where we become lovers of money, we become proud and arrogant, abusive, you know, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. So... In ourselves, that's that's what's happening today is we're not only surrounded with, you know, things that are not reality or we're looking through the lens of fantasy, but we also have a heart that is just we're wicked. I mean, really, that's yeah. at our root. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. And that's reality. And it's not it, that's not the end of the message, but that's just a reality. And you know what? We don't want people to break our, our burst our bubble of what we believe. In fact, what we do is we don't really seek good relationships. We seek arrangements with people. Mm-hmm. In other words, we want and we seek an arrangement with God. That's why we get religious. We want to stand up, sit down, give this, give that. And then we think everything's cool. It, that's not how it is. Life should be relationships. In fact, in, in high school, I remember there was a, a coach I had, and he looked at me one day and said, Dave, you're not going to be a professional swimmer or football player. Enjoy them. Enjoy them. Don't, don't act like, you know, you're not. The chances of you being one, you're six foot two, you're this, you're that. You're not going to be that. So just enjoy sports. I loved the reality of that. I went out. I played hockey. I did swimming. I played football. And there are other guys saying, I got to focus on one thing because I'm trying to be a you know, professional one day. My high school coach could tell, you don't have it. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was so thankful. An older guy was honest with me and said, why don't you enjoy the sports rather than try and become a professional? Yeah. And, and I did. And you know what? I had a tremendous time in sports as I grew up. But there was an older guy that was honest. And instead of me finding somebody who I can have an arrangement with and, and that would look at me and go, yeah, I'm sure you're pro material. You know, I'm the guy that got cut from a no-cut baseball team. I, I don't have that material. You know, I mean, it, and I needed someone to say, why don't you do something else other than baseball? You know, that's what I needed. Not somebody to say, oh, well, you know, you'll grow into it. You'll be a better baseball player one day. <laughs> no, somebody said, you stink at baseball. Why don't you try something else? Yeah. And, and, and because of that, that's a relationship to me. Mm-hmm. Not, not an arrangement where all of a sudden you got to watch what you say, be careful this way, be careful that way, so that you don't really bother somebody or push them to their excellence. No, tell the truth and be around people that love you and will tell you the truth. And if you're not in that situation, I want to encourage you to find an older Christian that will put you in that situation. Go talk to your pastor. Be one who seeks the truth. Open the Bible and read it. Let it challenge your life. Don't don't be looking to affirm everything. Yeah, and and I would say don't be afraid to ask somebody. You know, let me ask you a question, Dave. Has if you ever like people have come to you to offer you you know can you mentor me yeah have you ever said no yes okay yeah I have only because they won't agree to the being honest part right exactly yeah it's I've never said no if they said you know I tell them here's the ground rules yeah I want to be in your life I want to be a part of your life and I want you to actually be honest with me. No matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're thinking, I want to hear it. And that way I can be useful to you. Absolutely. I can't be useful to you if we play a game and you want me to affirm everything you do. And, and they find that my goal is to make them successful. So I do affirm them when I see something good. Yeah. But also I'll go to them and say, what are you doing? I mean, why are you doing this? 
And and they will look at me knowing that I love them and care for them. And, and I say, this is part of the mentoring agreement. You you gave me permission to say, what are you doing? And and so it works real well. And I, I think that's the healthy part. Yeah. That is so important, you know, how we seek relationships and not arrangements. I think as you get older, what we tend to do is we tend to base our relationships on arrangements. Oh, yes. When we're younger, for me, when I was growing up, it was easier, I think, to make friends. Nowadays, when I'm, you know, a parent and my time is limited, I'm not able to invest myself as much. And I think, you know, you have to kind of figure that out a little bit and kind of figure out what relationships do look like as an adult and discover that. So we're going to talk more about that in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Remember to chat with a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. The conversation continues on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Jason, Mike Ott here on the show with you tonight. If you missed the first half, make sure to check out HopeNet360.com. We'll post our podcast later tonight. You can listen back to the entire thing. And also encourage you to check out all the past recent shows that we've done. We've had a great series back in November called the Thanksgiving Series. And last week we were talking about some hangups around the Christmas season. So hopefully you had a great Christmas. And if it wasn't so great, that's okay. I mean, it, it, the reality is the holidays can be a difficult time for a lot of people. So you're not alone if this was a difficult year for you. And maybe it was just difficult in the holiday season. If you need to, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Tonight they're standing by. They would love to chat with you. And guys, we're going into the new year. It's the last show of 2014. I can't believe it. Tonight, as we're talking, we are leaving you guys with some things just to think about and chew on when we realize some of these things, the adjustments that we need to make in our life. I think every great leader, every great person, every good person wants to make some adjustments in their life so they can be better and do better. Well, I think by putting the right people in their lives, people that teach them how to live out a life, to use their leadership, to develop leadership, to develop things in their life that could help them, you know, and that's if I were to put it into my own life. And where I'm at currently, I didn't get to where I'm at by just kind of cruising through life. I had to put people in my life that taught me things. Mm. Uh, I was sharing a little bit before that if I'm weak in areas, I find people to strengthen me. Uh, One of my weakest areas, and this is hard coming from a pastor, is prayer. Prayer was a hard thing. It was easy for me to go and go throughout the day and pray at breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, the typical prayers that we do as a Christian. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, at times I would just show, you know, do that, throw up a prayer request to God throughout the day. I was great at that. But to actually find a time that I set aside for him, it was hard. So I went and found a couple people to coach me through that. I asked them, hey, what did you do? How did you, how did you become the way you are in your prayer walk? You know, you're such a strong person in prayer. What did you do? And then they coached me on different ways that I could uh, pray. They they put books across that I ended up reading because I didn't know about them, didn't think about them, but they said, hey, this is good. If you want to develop this, Mm. read this. And so I took their advice and I ran with it and became better. Uh, One other thought I had is a lot of times I want to be a better leader. Well, John Maxwell is probably one best known. He's written leadership books like crazy. There's so many out there, but I'll go to him because I know that God's wired him with the gift of leadership. And he has so many books out there. So I'll, I'll go to read books on leadership. So I'll find people that are strong in those areas and then I'll have them reflect back into my life. And then I'll take it and give it on to somebody else because yeah. it's not just for me. There's a principle in there that you're talking about. And it's this whole idea of investing versus spending. You know, whether it's a pro athlete or you're just somebody, an average Joe like me, and you work a nine to five job kind of a thing, or you just work to get by. We all have money available. We have finances. But not only that, but we have time. Yeah. You know, we tend to want to just spend everything and not invest anything. I mean, that's what we tend to do. In other words, we tend to get up in the morning and just let the day take us. And wherever it goes, it goes because we're spending life rather than investing life. We tend to have money in our pocket and spend it instead of invest it. 
because it's there and, and we can get this momentary pleasure thing now. Gordon McDonald once said that um, unplanned time always goes towards your weakness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what, we, what we tend to do is not plan our time. We tend not to plan our money. We tend not to plan our lives because we're too busy spending all of it right now. And, and I would encourage people to sit down and start thinking about how can it be that I live my life in a way that, that it actually matters down the road? How can I use my money so it actually matters? Honestly, if I got 10 bucks in my wallet and I'm walking by McDonald's and I'm a Big Mac freak, you know, all of a sudden my 10 bucks is gone. Really, it didn't matter. I'm just living life. I'm not even planning. And, and notice I didn't say it's evil to buy a Big Mac or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that it's really hard in life. It's, I think it's one of Satan's ploys because when you, when you begin to just spend things, you're focusing on the here and now. You're focusing on this earth, and, and all you're thinking about is this moment. And uh, you can check Esau, the story of Esau in the Bible, that kind of thing. When we focus on the moment only, we tend to spend the moment and ignore the investment. Mm-hmm. Investment takes um, a strategy. Investment takes intentionality. Yeah. Investment takes trying to actually look forward and have no regrets. And, and we don't want to do that. It's much easier to just spend and then get in trouble later saying, I have nothing. You know, I, it, for example, if you own a house, I can guarantee you this, that down the road you're going to have something break. I mean, that's what happens in houses. They break. Mm. Well, it, or I remember a guy that got, got a house, his first house, and the tax bill came at the end of the year. And he said, oh, man, I got this tax bill. Can you believe it? It's like, yeah, I can believe it. That's what happens when you own a house. You, you actually should be putting away money. He goes, you know what? I didn't think of that. You probably should be. <laughs> yeah, because the bill's coming. You know, you, you need to be thinking the future. Uh, whether it be your health, whether it be your, your, your life, your, your relationships, think of the future. Uh, God tells us in the Bible that it's uh, the inheritance that a, a person leaves to his children's children is what really matters. That's thinking future and living in a way that that actually matters. Dave, I, I heard something in there. I don't know. It just stuck out to me. You said when something breaks in your house, you know, the philosophy used to be if something breaks in your house, you get something new. Uh, the philosophy today is when the newer model comes out, go out and get it. And a lot of times that's what we do. We spend our time going and reaching for the next thing. And I just thought about that off the top of my head while you're talking yeah. is we, we changed our philosophy of thinking we need the next thing. And so uh, something comes out year after year, we have to get it. And then it puts us in, you know, debt, puts us in trouble. And, and it's like we're seeking a fantasy there. We think that, that those newer things will make life better. Let me ask you guys a question. In my life, I went from black and white televisions, no microwaves, no cell phones. So now we have all these conveniences of life that, that really save time. So do we have more time? No. I mean, are we more relaxed now and have a lot more time? No. No, see, that's a fantasy. To think that something in life is going to save you a lot of time, that's a fantasy. We all have the same number of hours no matter what, and we always will. There's only so many hours in a day, only so many hours in a week, so many hours in your life. That's it. And, and you can get what you want and say, this will save time, that will save time. Then you have to spend time programming it or whatever else. You just spend your time doing something else with the same thing. But I don't think time has been saved with all this junk that we've had. I, I wouldn't give away my iPad for anything because I use it all the time, but it hasn't saved me time. It really hasn't. Can I ask a question? Sure. Do you miss money when you misspend it? Like when you go out and spend money and maybe you wasted or poorly invested money into something that you thought was great, you ever look back and say, man, I wish I wouldn't have spent that? You know, I do, uh, but I, it, I'm not sure if I miss money. It's, it's, it's like I, I think this, if, if all of a sudden somebody drops $10 on me, you know, just a little bit like that, it, I had to get in the habit when I was younger of saying, okay, God, why do I have this? Do I have this just, I mean, you gave it to me. Here's what I'm sure about. You didn't give me the money to just be self-indulgent with it. Mm. I mean, that's not why you gave it to me. But you could have given it to me to provide needs. That that would be biblical. You gave it to me to help others. That could be biblical. Uh, but you didn't give it to me to just spend. And and so then I go through this process of asking, okay, God, why do I have this? And 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 start looking at some of the biblical reasons why I have it. And when I do, when I don't do that and I just spend it, yeah, I do have some regrets because later on I think, oh man, if I had that money, I could help this person or do that or do that. And I spent it on something that's already broken or, or wasted or whatever else. Yeah. I, I'm real careful even on vacations and things. You know, I, some people believe just go out and spend like crazy on vacations. Hmm. And I'm thinking, I don't know. 
You know, I'm, I'm just not sure about that. I, I'm not against vacations. Don't get me wrong. But when does it become self-indulgent and that kind of thing rather than uh, something that's wise and um, something I think we all have to wrestle with? Remember to connect with us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. I would like to hear about how you have been maybe spending some more time intentionally lately, maybe in investing your life rather than just spending your life. And I know we we just got through Christmas, and it seems like a lot of people just spent, spent, spent. Did you look at Christmas as a way to invest? And if you have, make sure to connect with us. Let us know your thoughts tonight on the show. The conversation continues here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the conversation here on HopeNet Radio, talking about adjustments to make, especially if you want to be successful. We want to help you guys be successful in the new year. And so we're talking about some adjustments that we all have to make in our life. We have to decide what to do. And guys, I think we just hit on one that, for me, it hits you know close to home because I'm constantly looking at my life and, and I'm asking the question, am I actually investing my life or am I just spending it? Am I being intentional about the time, the talents, the resources that I have, or am I just waiting for this day to be over with? And I think that's a constant battle for a lot of people today. Jason, we didn't really get your thoughts on this, and I'm kind of wondering how this works in your life, if you've thought about it or how you've challenged yourself to invest versus just spend. It it impacts every aspect of our life. Like I know we've been talking about money too, but I think it it goes to every aspect of our life and we have to be intentional about it. You know, even time that I spend with my family, you know, the time that I have at work, how do I invest it? You know, do I just try to get the, let the day go by or do I actually try to accomplish things, you know, down the road? Like I'm in charge of planning summer here. So, I mean, that, that could be as big and as grand as I want it to be. But a lot of times it comes into investing into it, you know, or I could just make it happen. Just an example I was thinking of, you know, as I was thinking about you know, my life in general is that sometimes there's something in the future, you know, whether it's a vacation or that sort of thing. And we're so focused on that sometimes that we get up for, totally forget about the days in between now and then we just want that day to get here. Mm-hmm. And I'm no longer having that investment mindset. Yeah. I'm all about that, that self seeking pleasure. And so even, even in my life, it's a constant battle to be intentional about that. And we were t- kind of talking a little bit about that during the break is like, this is something that like just really strikes at home because I think it's something that we always need to keep on our mind mindset and forefront because yeah. Satan will do anything that he can yeah. to distract us from keeping the main things, the main things. And, and that's the hard part, especially when we got all this junk and, and, and new technology that yeah. makes it so easy to, you know, with this facade of saving time, but really it's just consuming more of our time. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's one saying that I really do not like, and I hear it on radio all the time. It's when someone says it's Friday and they go, oh, it's so good. It's Friday. You know, can't wait for the weekend. It's like, okay, that's fine. I, I understand what you're saying. But can't you enjoy every day? Can't mm-hmm. every day be something you look forward to? Mm-hmm. And instead of just saying, I can't wait because I do not want to work anymore. I do not want to be in this office. I do not want to be, you know. I'm thinking, man, I don't think God made us that way. I think he made us to enjoy every day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the challenges, we may like some challenges more than others. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea of not uh, just putting up with work and, and, and just going through the motions. I have more guys my age saying, yeah, five years and I'm done, man. I'm retiring. I'm just putting in time now. And I'm thinking, please don't do that. Yeah. Just, you're just existing. You can't be happy. That's not what you were made to do. And anybody that's listening to us today that is struggling with joy, it may be because you are spending your life and your resources instead of investing them. And there is no way to invest your life if you don't live in the context of the way God made it, if you're not in God's family, there's no way that you can invest your life. You, you need to first and foremost realize that, that the sin in your life has separated you from God and that God loves you and wants to restore this relationship with you and bring you into his family through Jesus Christ. And, and boy, if you're struggling with that, please contact a, a live coach at hopenet360.com and, and talk to him about that because there's nothing more important than that first step, getting you in God's family and then living your life in the position of being a child of God with purpose with actual investment opportunities that you would never have if you weren't in that position. And and really, uh, 
the lack of joy, the lack of purpose, the lack of significance, the lack of security shows that you're probably living your life rather than investing your life. Hmm. And, and those who invest, they, they have a different mind frame. You know, I think of all the commercials. I mean, once the Christmas season is done, it's like there's a switch. And you know what you see now? You see all these gyms, you see all these weight loss plans, all of this stuff, because we all have a resolution to some degree of how we're going to live healthier. Now we got to work up all, we have to work off all those pounds from, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays and, and all that. And that seems to be a common goal that we want to lose weight or we want to be more fit, be more active. And so you get all these good deals. And, and even at that, sometimes we end up spending money on gyms because, you know, let's face it, when, you know, February comes around and the Super Bowl's on, we just go back to our, our party lifestyle. And, and it becomes, you know, kind of a cliche for some of us, not all of us. Some of you guys are more disciplined than maybe I am. But uh, that's what we see a lot is we, we see these times now where, you know, let's invest a little bit in, in doing it. And I'm not saying don't live a healthy life, but it has to be a lifestyle. It's not just a passing fad. You know, this whole investing, yeah. you're not going to feel like investing every day. Some days you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad week, maybe, where you're just everything isn't going right. And it just seems like whatever can break does break down. And we're challenged with these times where we just, we don't feel like investing anymore. We just feel like just passing by. Think of the analogy, like with wall street, there, there could be a really bad day on, on, on stocks or whatever. And, and all who work in that are saying, man, we can't wait for this day to end because you know, we're sliding down. We, but they don't all go into their cave after that. Mm-hmm. They go to strategy meetings saying, okay, things aren't working the way they should be. Let's go look at how we can do things differently to make it work. And that's what we miss sometimes because we just say, uh, let's, go in and, let's go in a cave and hide and, and take all our resources and leave. That's not the answer. You know, the answer is to work in investing. I, I think one of the things that we need to do is accept personal responsibility. I don't think we do that well. You know, for, for example, if our life is not going well right now, uh, look at the different points we've made throughout the show. We need to understand that we're sinful people living in a sinful world. We need to understand that maybe we're just living our life rather than investing our life. But, but one of the most important things is to be able to take responsibility for what's happening in my life. If I'm a miserable person, it's easy to blame my boss, my, my job, uh, my metabolism, my, you know, whatever I want to blame. Mm-hmm. It, it is much harder to say, I am the cause of this problem. And until you can do that, it's it's like becoming a Christian. You can't really become a part of God's family until you say, I am a sinner and I am separated from God. Personal responsibility is extremely important. And there is no way that we can be okay until we accept it. When, when I had my first heart attack, I went and, and the doctor said, you're overweight. And I looked at him and said, I have a bad metabolism. I have a bad family history. What am I not supposed to eat? I'm hungry all the time. You know what I was doing? I was searching for reasons to stay overweight. Mm. I mean, that's what I was doing. Yeah. And he just said, you eat too much, eat less, exercise more. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like it's that simple. <laughs> Came back, talked to my father-in-law, who's a doctor. He said, you eat too much, exercise. I'm thinking, you guys have a conspiracy <laughs> against me. You know, this is not my problem. And, and all of the people who knew said, it is your problem. I wasn't okay until I accepted the fact that it was my problem. And then I lost weight and I got in shape and that kind of thing. We have to accept personal responsibility. And that's that dreaded R word. I mean, how many yes, of us really how many of us really like to take responsibility all the time? I mean that it seems like for us guys, we tend to like to play a bit. You know, where we can just, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe we enjoy for a season the work and, you know, the struggle and all that. But eventually, man, we just want to play and we just we just want to we want to let somebody else handle the details. I I just want to have fun. You know, I just want to play. I don't really want to, you know, think too much about this. It makes me think too much. Our excuses are are limitless. Have you ever heard somebody come to you and say, well, you'd be bitter, too, if you had my circumstances? And I look at the person and say, what, you want to be bitter? I mean, what are you saying? Everybody in life, see, go back to the point we had before. You are a sinful person living in a sinful world, and you think that you're never going to have problems with other people and what they do? Mm-hmm. That's a joke. You are. Get into a reality here and accept you're part of it. That's why the Bible tells us, you know, that we shouldn't be bitter. There should be no root of bitterness. But wait a minute. If you had a hard life like I did, everybody has a hard life. We're all sinful people living in sinful worlds. And, and that's a lie from Satan saying, I can't do anything about it because everybody else controls my, my thought process and my destiny or whatever else it might be. That's not true. 
We, we need to get back into reality and accept responsibility. I have problems because I am sinful, and I need to arrange my life differently and start listening to God and respond. I need to, I have, I'm overweight because I eat too much. I don't exercise. I, I need to accept responsibility. When I do, it is possible to repent then, actually, or change or think differently. When it comes to responsibility, it takes that first step. We need to be committed to it. And Mike was even talking about this in, a, in an earlier um, segment here. You know, it, it really takes you being intentional about taking that responsibility and doing something about it. We can sit here all day talking about this, but it's until we're willing to do the hard things, willing to take those steps, you know, invest and do these things, that's when we allow God to use us and to change us and to, and to shape us into the men and women that he wants us to be. And we could sit here and talk how to do it all day, but until we actually take that step and do it, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. And that's what we need to do. All right. I'm going to tell you right now, we've got some exciting things going on next week with our show, the first show of 2015. We're going to talk a little bit about what we're doing and why, you know, the point of the show, there's a lot of great things coming up on the horizon. And, and of course, it's easy to say when it comes to a new year, but I, I really believe there's so many neat things in store, not just for the show, but for you. So the conversation is going to continue. Remember, you can chat with a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. When we come back, we'll wrap things up, give some final thoughts. So keep it here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW wrapping things up with you tonight. Remember, you can connect with us anytime at HopeNet360.com. If you want to leave us a comment or share something, share a thought that you have tonight, we're on the tweet back right now for the next hour or so. Visit HopeNet360.com slash tweet back. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. As we're talking about some of these principles, things that... We need to adjust in our life ways that we need to think. I think a lot of what we talked about, guys, is really it's more of an attitude, more of a mindset. I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking about some big things, but I think when we begin to focus our thoughts, focus our attitude, not on the things of this world. See, this world will tell us a lot of things. They're going to tell us how to be successful. They'll tell us what we need, what we should desire in our life. And I think so many times what the world tells us is exactly the opposite of what God tells, tells us to do. And then we wonder why our lives are miserable. And there's a couple more adjustments that we need to make heading into this new year. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to wait until January 1st. You can start doing these tonight. Some of you started doing these years ago and you're thinking, yeah, it's it's great to finally hear these again because I know maybe I've been slacking. I know in my life there are things, um, talking about the just investing your life, there are things that I've been slacking on I need to work better at investing on. Yeah, you know, I think one of the, the critical factors is is beginning to focus really on the end through the, the lens of process. What do you mean? We all get to somewhere somehow. I, I, we talked about food earlier when I was at the doctor with my heart. You know, one of the things I had to understand is that the excess weight I had on my body w- was because I wasn't disciplined enough to say no to food. That's the issue. And, and so I need to deal with the real issue to get the effect I want. I, I have to focus on the end result. Um, in the end, the Bible tells us what the end will look like. God wins, and every human that ever walked on the planet will face God. So what I would suggest for people is to start focusing on what's really going to happen in the end and then start working on processes, things in their lives that they do to be prepared to make the end successful. Because any athlete knows, any person knows, it's the end that actually matters, the final score, the way it is in the end. And and. Earlier we talked about it's so easy to get involved in just living and and spending rather than investing. So now we're kind of talking about that again because we need to start focusing on what will be the end. Um, Young people have come to me and they've been doing some disastrous things in life. Just I'm looking at them and, and one of the phrases I'll throw at them a lot is, this does not end well. And they just look at me when I say that. So how do you know? I know this won't end well. And And you have a choice right now to change what you're doing. So it will end well. And I would give that same advice to our listeners. There's a lot of things in life that you may be doing that that someone my age might look at you and go, this isn't going to end well. They're not, you know, fortune tellers or anything. They're they're just experienced. And, And the way that you change things that won't end well is change what you're doing today so that it will end well. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes total sense, Dave. And and we need to be willing to to try. 
I think sometimes I think sometimes we're afraid of failure and that's why we don't do anything. You know, we want to we want to accomplish something. We want to change our lives, but we're too afraid of screwing up. We're too afraid of trying to start changing and then all of a sudden we go back into the same rut that we're always in. But I mean, that's part of the process that you were it talking is. about is that we need to be just willing to try. You know, and when we do fail, it's all about how we pick ourselves up and and, yep. and learn from those mistakes. Um, I mean, going back to what we said, I mean, that's the reality of it is that we are sinners. We're going to, we're going to screw up. That's the reality of it. But we need to not live in fear of that, but we need to take those moments and use them to help us get towards the goal that we want and the change that we want to happen. And that's the important thing to remember. I heard Jordy Nelson once talk about a a, a dropping a pass in a critical situation. (laughs) And, and, and basically he said, the guy asked him, what do you think about it? He goes, give me the next pass. I need to catch one. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it. There's millions of people probably on television watching you every game. Mm-hmm. And a ball hits you in the hands and you drop it. Yeah. You know, the tendency is to go hide in a corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, ah, I shouldn't have done that. That's not how Jordy or a successful person operates. Yeah. They actually put themselves in a position that they could catch it or they could drop it. They had to try. Mm-hmm. And when they failed, and we all fail. When they fail, his attitude was, would you please give me the next one because I really want to catch it? I, you know, it wasn't, oh, no, don't throw a ball to me again. I stink. Yeah. One way is the way of those who win in life, and one way is the way of those who waste their life and lose. And, and we need to be people who are not afraid to try because Jordy is actually focusing on the end, it, the Super Bowl winning. I mean, that's what he's focusing on. And he realizes that part of that is the fundamentals of catching and, and, and running and, and those things. And he has to work on so he wants the ball again so he could work on it. Talking about focusing on the end through the lens of the process, I think today what's difficult is that we live in a world where we have the quick fix, that we're always looking for the quick fix. This whole idea of process, we think if we have to wait more than two hours, that's an eternity. That's unacceptable, right? I mean, if, you, if you're looking at losing weight or you're looking at even with the gym, we think, man, if I start working out at the gym by March, I should be losing you know, 50 pounds, 60 pounds. I think we have such unrealistic expectations for the process. Uh, do you guys agree? Do you see this? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's wanting what we want now and not being willing to put in the time or the effort to do it. You know, that's, that's how it is nowadays. Yeah, some you know, things take time. That's the way it is. Yeah, and that's the reality of it is that yep. it takes that investment, and that's the important thing to remember. It's not just going to happen here now. If you want to lose weight, you're not going to lose 50 pounds in a week. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And that's the reality of it, but it's, it's a process. You know, if you're willing to reach a certain goal, if you put in the time and the effort to do it, then that goal becomes more of a reality. Absolutely. And that's the important thing. One of the things uh, I think of low points and failures, I'll be real, the only class I ever failed was in college, and it was speech class. And now I'm a pastor, a youth pastor, who speaks to teenagers, who preaches when the senior pastor's away, who talks in front of people, who's talking currently right now. <laughs> uh, if I would have just walked away from speech class and say, forget it, I'm not going to do speech anymore, and just shied away because, you know, speech is the number one fear or whatever it might be, then it would have overcame me. But I went back, I perfected, I learned how to speak to people and I continued to work on it. I continued to uh, get better at it. And so that's something God taught me is during your failures, that's your probably your most teachable moment because you're so low, you're willing to learn. If you're just coasting through life and there's nothing going wrong around you or there's nothing that's in your life to cause you to uh, learn from it, then you're just going to coast. But if you have a failure in life, it's going to teach you. I had one other that God taught me. It was a very teachable moment. I'm a very creative guy. Lots of book thoughts to games for youth ministry where I kind of kept them in my back pocket. They're mine. Uh, Throughout seminary, you wanted to, you know, introduce them into the student ministry. Probably was already done before, but Mm -hmm. to me, I thought, hey, they're my thoughts. And then God said something to me, not audibly, but he asked me this question. What if I gave you something that you were supposed to give on to someone else. It wasn't for you. Mm. And since then, you know, over the last, you know, eight years of my life, I'm a person that listens very closely. Sometimes I get these creative thoughts and I know they're not for me. And then I run into a youth pastor or somebody else and they're talking about it. And I realize I'm supposed to pass that and invest in someone else. And that one was a hard one for me because when you come up with all these creative ideas, you think, hey, this will be great. And then you realize it won't fit in your ministry. So you put it off to the side and then you run into somebody and it works perfectly for them. And so uh, I think giving is a big thing, you know. 
you never miss that, you know, and I haven't regretted any of those things that I've given out to people because they've used it in their ministries. So that's really profound. You know, what if I'm given something that isn't for me? You know, what if we looked at our lives as even the stuff we got for Christmas? What if what if those things aren't necessarily just for us? You know, what if these selfie sticks aren't just for us, Dave? All right, you can have my selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I agree. One one of the hardest things to realize is that often God takes people that are not good at something and uses them in that area. And we don't depend on ourselves, we depend on him. I'm a terrible grammarian, speller, etc. I write books and speak for a living. It, you got to be willing to get up and 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 try and do things that is outside that are outside of your normal comfort zone, and and when you do that and you do it for the right reasons, amazing things happen. We need to be willing to try and keep our mind on the end of why we're actually trying. Yeah, and that's the 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 process. And the cool thing is because when you make yourself open and available to do those things, even if you're not good at it, then all of a sudden your front row seat in what God is doing. Absolutely. And that and that makes it all worth it. Because then you see the miracles that God does each and every day in and through your life and in the lives of others. All right, the conversation will continue. We'll be on the tweet back for the next hour or so. Leave us some thoughts, some comments tonight as you're listening to the show. Also, catch the podcast at hopenet360.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio, or on the Stitcher Radio app. And make sure to share with your friends. I think every time we do one of these shows, something else just comes out. God shows us something else, and and not only us, but hopefully you're grabbing something from tonight on the show. So connect with us that way anytime, day or night, 24-7. There are live coaches available to chat with you at HopeNet360.com. If you got something going on in life and you're looking for wisdom, you're looking for maybe just someone to listen to you about some struggles, things you're facing in life. So chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. For all of us here on the show, we'll see you guys online and next week. And Happy New Year. 